The Secret World Chronicle, a podcast novel series authored by Mercedes Lackey, Dennis Lee, Cody Martin, with Larry Dixon and Veronica Jaguer. Read and produced by Veronica Jaguer. Bad Moon Rising, Part 2. Written by Mercedes Lackey and Cody Martin. Oh, hell, another invasion? We barely made it through the last one. He could still hear humming, that kind of tooth-rattling humming that he could only associate with the Nazi anti-grav drives. It was hard to locate, but he thought it was coming from just the other side of the grassed-over area. Lawson, help ain't gonna get here fast enough, and they're coming back. We need to take up defensive positions and get ready for a fight. What other weapons do y'all have? Lawson held up his rifle. You're looking at him. There's a fifty on the Humvee, but that won't do much against their armor unless we're shooting at the joints. John nodded. Deploy your men and then grab cover. I'm going to try and give us an edge. You heard a girl's mount up. Gilly, Jackson, Fieldhouse, get behind those barriers on the right. Move with a purpose. The rest of you, form with me on the left. Keep your spacing and watch your sectors. All eight men started running. The sergeant was shouting orders and positioning his soldiers. It was a small squad. Two fire teams, with one of them short two soldiers. Do we have enough? Would it matter if we had a dozen more soldiers? John keyed up his enhancements, readying them and clearing his mind. He set off on a fast trot, getting to Lawson's position in a few strides. I'll be on the right, in the tree line. Try to keep from blowing my ass off. I'm rather attached to it. Hoo-ah! Friendly fire isn't, and Mr. Murphy isn't kind. Hoo-ah, roger that. Let's kill these bastards and call it Miller time. John nodded and began to run. His enhancements came up to full, and he was across the parking lot in less than three seconds. Weaving through the trees at the edge of the swamp, he found a concealed spot behind a small mound of earth and dropped to the ground behind it. This was going to suck. He didn't have comms with the National Guard troops and was the only metahuman. Lately, he'd gotten back in the comfortable position of knowing there was someone at his back. He was feeling better since his run-in with Blacksnake, but still wasn't quite up to par. It felt like he was always fatigued. Count yourself lucky. You should have been dead from that stab wound, and any other person would have been. He still wasn't sure how Sylvie had kept him going. Then again, he'd never had a metahuman healer fix him before he stumbled up to CCCP's door. The sound was what pulled him out of his reverie to focus on the fight. The trees in front of the field were breaking and splintering as something forced its way through them. The crackling and squealing sound of the wood being split quickly grew deafening in the still night air. Almost as if they had magically teleported, the Nazis were suddenly in the clearing. They seemed to pause on the edge of the open space for a moment. There were a dozen of them, in two staggered rows. It looked like that they had learned from their mistakes. No more random stomping through the opposition without any sort of formation. The Thulians just stood and watched, probably analyzing what was in front of them, then started their advance again, and firing started on both sides, the National Guard soldiers with their rifles and the Nazis with their energy cannons. The oncoming troopers were clearly confident that they were in minimal danger. While they were in formation, they hadn't bothered to move inbounds or utilize any other sort of tactics other than stomping towards their targets and firing methodically. John waited, keeping as still as he possibly could. The Nazis had some pretty good sensors and other vision enhancement gear in their helmets, and he didn't want to give himself away. 
Sweat was running down his back and sides. This was the worst part. Waiting was always the worst part. It didn't take long for the Thulians to all completely enter the clearing, moving well away from the trees and swamp. Now. John raised his right arm over the tiny berm he was behind and concentrated, relaxing his inner guard. Fire sprang up around his hand, then exploded outward to fill the entire back half of the field. The firing from the Nazis momentarily stopped as they were completely engulfed. The guard held back a little, since they couldn't see definite targets through the inferno. John cut the fire off. His skin had pinpricks of pain from the flashover, and he was sweating even worse than before. The entire field had spot fires where there was anything left to burn, and smoke obscured everything. Thankfully, the Nazi power suits were glowing. They were so hot. Immediately one of them went down as the squad of soldiers concentrated their shots on its joints and weak spots. John popped up in a half-crouch, focused, and blasted the nearest trooper with a stream of superheated plasma. The Nazi was dead after a few seconds, a ragged and melted hole through its chest. Time to move. Tracers and giant columns of fire worked both ways. John ran, his enhancements still keyed. Thulian energy beams exploded trees all around him, sending deadly wooden shrapnel flying through the air. He was able to make a basement slide under one beam, skidding to a halt behind a hefty barrier that two soldiers had taken position at. Jesus Christ! Think he could have given us a little warning for the fire? The nearest soldier shouted over the gunfire as he reloaded his rifle. I'll be sure to stand up and wave my arms next time, let you know when the ambush is going off, kid. John punched him in the shoulder. Keep firing! He didn't listen for a reply. He was already scanning for where his next bit of cover was going to be. There wasn't much. A few overgrown mounds of dirt left over from whenever this place had been built. Some concrete highway barriers and nothing else on this side. The soldiers had disabled another Nazi suit. With its elbow joints and knee joints shot out, it couldn't lift itself up. If the trooper inside didn't bleed to death, he might live long enough to be interrogated. Keep moving, keep moving. If I stay here too long, they'll nail these soldiers just to get to me. John angled his upper body around the side of the barrier. It exposed less of him as opposed to going over the top and blasted the troopers with fire twice. With their suits softened up by heat, they were starting to take a lot of damage. One headless and one maimed, John hardly ever missed. Before the troopers could orient on him again, John was up and running for a barrier on the far side of the parking lot. More dodging. The troopers were really unhappy with him. This unhappiness was reflected in the volume of energy beams coming his way. Well... When they were shooting at him, they weren't shooting at the unenhanced and poorly armored soldiers. Then again, when they were shooting at him, they were all concentrating on one target. His favorite hide, the one that happened to be covering his body at the moment. Suddenly, out of nowhere, a mud-and-water geyser erupted in the middle of the field. It subsided, leaving behind a seething mass of mud with grass floating on top, roughly the diameter of a home swimming pool. A moment later, another erupted this time in the middle of the troopers, leaving another mud hole. Then a third, a fourth, a fifth, all placed randomly, as if God was poking holes in the ground blindly from below. Startled, some of the troopers stumbled into the holes and ended up sunk to their waists in the gooey, sucking mud. John didn't waste any time, and neither did the soldiers. 
While the troopers were mired, three more went down from grenades, plasma, and automatic fire. Some of the rest were splattered with gouts of mud, their visors plastered with a thick ooze, effectively blinding them. What the hell is doing that? It wasn't one of the soldiers, at least he didn't think so. Well, whoever was lending a hand, he wasn't going to turn it down. A strange thing happened. Each of the Nazis sprouted what looked like a glowing orange umbrella in front of their left arm cannon. They expanded to cover half of the area in front of a trooper, leaving the right arm cannon exposed with the part of the suit. Shit. Energy shields? What other sci-fi crap are these guys going to pull out next? The shields absorbed any bullets that struck them, but the Krieger seemed to be moving slower, as if operating the shields was draining them. One less cannon for each of them, and they move slower. We can use this. John was up and dashing again, this time for Lawson. The cannons couldn't keep up with him now, but he could still get whacked by a lucky shot. For his trouble, he snapped a plasma wave at the thighs of an entrenched trooper. With both legs cut in half, it toppled forward onto its face, still firing. Shields aren't too good when they get overwhelmed. Even at half of my best, I could probably still blast one. A second later, John was at Lawson's position. Fancy seeing you around these parts, Sarge. How you looking? Not great. My RTO's dead, along with another specialist, and my saw gunner is out for the count. We can't take much more of this. His words were punctuated by an energy beam impacting their shared cover, sending up a heap of vaporized dirt and rock. Got a plan? John looked over to see the mangled bodies of Lawson's soldiers. Hell, can't think about it right now. Got to save everyone that we can. Everyone that's left. Think, damn it. Yeah, but it ain't much of one. I'm going to take the Humvee, start using the 50. Try and flank around their shields if you can. They only face forward, it seems. I'm going to burn these guys again, soften them up. You'll have to move fast after I do, though. Tell me when you're ready. The Humvee had its front end hidden behind the corner of the plant. He'd still have a decent field of fire from the turret, though. John felt the tap on his shoulder. Lawson gave him the thumbs up. His men were in position and ready to run when the order came. Rock and roll. John stood up to his full height, exposing half of himself. Relaxing, he sent another monstrous plume of fire rocketing toward the Kriegers. They continued to shoot wildly, but were at least temporarily blinded. Now! Lawson and his bloodied squad ran hard and fast for the swamp on the right side of the field. John tried to keep the fire going, but some of the cannon blasts were getting uncomfortably close. John extinguished his fires and ran again, this time for the Humvee. He still had a few precious seconds before the troopers could focus on him. Not a sign up for a marathon or something like this. I think I've logged more miles running than most people have on their cars. He hit the side of the Humvee with his shoulder, denting one of the armored doors. Flinging it open, he scrambled inside and into the turret mount. There was a lot of blood spread all over the interior. God damn it. I should have gone here faster. Taken out the sphere, blasted from the road, something. A cannon blast scoured the ground twenty yards behind the Humvee. He could beat himself up later, if there was a later. Racking the charging handle on the fifty, John aimed down the barrel at the nearest Nazi. 
It was only now starting to ponderously turn towards him. Squeezing the controls, John felt the satisfying vibration as the machine gun rocked in its grip. The big, heavy, fast bullets impacted solidly with the Thulean's shield, making it shimmer constantly. John adjusted his fire. The rounds slipped off the left side of the shield and into the Nazi's right arm cannon. Still superheated from the fire, the cannon shattered into shrapnel after only a few rounds, leaving a stump that was leaking either blood or hydraulic fluid. Maybe both. The Krieger dropped his shield to fire with his remaining cannon. John tore him to pieces with sustained fire, blasting away chunks of armor and flesh with each round. New target. The next Krieger was smarter. As soon as it looked like John was targeting him, the trooper angled his shield to face the mounted gun. This also had the effect of turning the trooper's arm cannon in a safe direction. Namely, one that wasn't facing John. That'll work. John began raking the remaining Kriegers with the machine gun. Whenever he began to fire at one, it would avert his arm cannon. Even slowed by their shields and the mud, they were still plodding forward. They'd be able to spread out and flank him, especially once they were up onto the parking lot. Just as the first of the troopers was about to reach the asphalt, John barely made out the familiar chatter of assault rifles. That first Krieger did an awkward stutter step before falling over. Dozens of holes were stitched through its back. Lawson! About goddamn time! The troopers were done. When they turned their shields to face John, they also turned their backs to face Lawson and his squad. They weren't protected by their armor or their shields anymore, between the M2 machine gun and the soldiers' rifles. The remaining Kriegers were cut down one by one. The last two switched off their shields. They were able to use both arm cannons for only a few blasts before they were cut down. John saw one connect with Lawson's position. Before he could react, one ripped through the corner of the building that the Humvee's front end was hiding behind. The Humvee's hood and engine both caved in exactly as if something big going 90 miles an hour had hit the front, and the Humvee bucked backwards. Suddenly, the entire world was spinning for John. After an eternity, he woke up on his back and could feel blood trickling down the edge of his scalp. Uh-huh. Must have been knocked out. How long have I been down? Oh, where are the others? The sound of running boots started to drown out the high-pitched ringing that John had been hearing since he woke up. He tried to roll onto his side and found that he couldn't. Something was pinning him to the ground. Holy crap! Are you all right? One of the soldiers? John heard something metallic scraping against the ground, and he felt the thing holding him to the ground come free. What happened? Is everyone all right? Things were still blurry around the edges for John. Probably a concussion. Like I really needed another one. He was having trouble thinking, and the world seemed slower than it should be. No, man. Lawson, he, he bought it with the last two. A pause. John was able to turn his head far enough to see a name tape. Fieldhouse, but nothing else. Listen, ma'am, we'll get you some help. Just just relax. Then there was that familiar hair-on-end feeling from before. What did that mean again? John's vision finally came into focus. Sphere. Death Sphere's coming back. John struggled to stand up, and more details became clear. He stared at his hands and noticed that he still had the control mechanism for the machine gun. 
At his feet was the M2 itself, all easily fifty feet away from the Humvee wreckage. How the hell did I rip this beast loose? No time, no time, no time, no time. Fieldhouse, get whoever is left in position. We're going to have company. He stumbled to the earth berm where the others had taken cover, scooping up a discarded rifle from one of the downed soldiers. There were only six of them left, including John. The unease he was feeling was only growing. It ought to be here by now. If we can feel it this much. John turned around in time to watch the damaged death sphere glide over the parking lot behind them, three troopers disengaging and landing with a crunch. Man, we're dead. We're so dead. Fire, soldier. John raised his rifle along with the others. This is it. They've got us, Ted Bang. To hell with it. We'll make him pay for it. Then a new sound. No, sounds. In the distance and approaching. There was something coming. The Thulians stopped their advance, evidently hearing it as well. It took him a moment, but suddenly the sound clicked for him. Jetpacks and another set of engines, not as shrill, though nothing like the snarl of a jet fighter. What the... CCCP didn't have... It wasn't CCCP.